Listen, I don't know what the fuck you're doing on Saturday, February 22nd, but me, Tom Brady, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, we're going to be fucking around in Boston, Massachusetts for a one-day business seminar that I'm putting on at the seaport location of Burnin' by Ray. Now, those fuckers aren't actually coming. That would be dope, though, but I'll be there. I'll fucking be there, and that should be good enough because I'm doing a six-hour business seminar from 12 to 6 p.m., and we'll do a social thing afterwards. We'll hang out and you know, you know, know, crack some beers and eat some food and all that good shit, but I'm doing a six-hour business seminar that's going to cover sales, branding, and then the new marketing funnel, what I believe and what I've been installing in gyms, my own especially, that is going to flip the current day marketing funnel on its fucking face, and I'm beyond excited. This is going to be one of my biggest things I'm pushing in 2020 is the new marketing funnel for micro gyms. I'll be going over that thing in complete depth in Boston at Burnin' by Ray, Saturday, February 22nd from 12 to 6 p.m. If you want tickets, the link is in my Instagram bio. That is the only place to get them, and there are limited seats because his studio is not like the Seaport location is great. It's just not huge, so we can only fit so many people in there. So please, don't be a fucking idiot. If you're within like a three, four, five-hour drive, make the trip up. We'll hang for six hours. I'll melt your fucking face off with fucking nuggets, and then afterwards, we'll go crack some beers, have a good time. So guys, Saturday, February 22nd, Boston, 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 fucking lobster eating Massachusetts. See you there. What is up, guys? It is Stu, is what the fuck gym talk. And I have Kyle Oland on. Kyle is, he's a, uh, he's an entrepreneur in the way that a lot of you guys have also fucked with entrepreneurship in the realm of event planning. We're going to talk a little bit about what uh, what Kyle's done and how he got into it, but Kyle has got an event, The Fittest of the Coast. It is a competition, and we're going to talk about kind of the legality that goes into utilizing the word CrossFit. That's one that even a lot of affiliates don't realize what they can and cannot say with that word, like legally. Like most people don't realize when they're an affiliate, they're actually renting that word, right? And that word, that, can, that lease can be like fucking taken away from them at any given time. But um, Kyle, real quick for everybody, you know, listening, give them a quick rundown of uh, how you came into wanting to put on this event, um, how you and me got connected. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about why the fuck I'm even talking to you about this whole thing and and the business summit that you're putting on in conjunction with this that I'll be speaking at. But, uh, you know, for uh, for the purpose of everyone listening, just give a quick little wrap who you are and why it's important. Yeah, man. Uh, well, first off, Stu, always uh, happy to be here and talk to you today. So this is pretty the much second for time, by the way, guys. I fucked <laughs> up the first time we did this. That's not the first time I've done this. I've had, had to bring people back on the podcast multiple times because I am a piece of shit audio technician. That is, that's just... Hey, uh, you're good at a lot of things, but obviously not that one. It's all good. <laughs> all good. So anyway, uh, my name's Kyle Oland. I'm, I'm from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, like a lot of people, I've been uh, doing CrossFit uh, and fitness for a while. I'm a former collegiate athlete. That's kind of how I fell into CrossFit. And um, as my real job, my day job, I'm a digital marketer. Uh, I work right now in the financial industry. And I've been helping for a number of years a competition here in Myrtle Beach called um, the Beach Town Throwdown. It's one of the biggest events in the Southeast last year, we had just under 600 athletes at it. And in helping that competition grow and knowing what my skill set is and what I do on a day-to-day -day basis, I was like, you know what? I can do this myself. Why don't I start my own event? And so I had the idea to start it, but I didn't really know what I was gonna do to make my event unique or differentiate because 
it's so hard. There's so many and to actually make some decent money. You got to, you got to really stand out in a crowded field. So I saw a, a gym in the upstate of South Carolina. They put on an event called fittest of the upstate and it was an invite only competition. And I was like, that's a great idea. And Stu, I know you've said it before. Uh, what, what's the phrase you use? Great artists. Yeah. Good artists borrow, but great artists steal. Yeah, exactly. So basically took their idea and I was like, all right, well, how can I make it my own? How can I make it unique? So we created Fittest of the Coast. Um, basically, it's an invite-only competition. It's going to be for the coast of South Carolina. So it's from Hilton Head up to North Myrtle Beach. You have to, you can only be an athlete within that area to qualify. You qualified based upon your performance in the CrossFit Open. And then we had a bunch of different divisions. We have 12 total and the brilliance of this model is you basically are taking out the whole marketing of it because you're just extending an invite to people, making people feel special to come to an event. So we sold out the event essentially. We had 220 athletes scheduled to compete in March. Really didn't have to do much marketing aside from just creating awareness about the concept. And then with that, you know, I'm really big in creating value for people. So I was like, okay, well, you got all these people coming to Charleston for a weekend. How can I create more value for them? So that's where I connected with you, Stu. And I know, you know, you're a great thought leader within the industry. And I was like, all right, let's, let's bring this guy. Let's see if I can bring this guy down to Charleston, hold a seminar, because there's going to be 20-something gyms involved. See if any of the owners want to come Saturday night, have some food, have some drinks, listen to you talk, take back what they learned back to their areas, and hopefully be better for it. Because... I know you, you speak a lot of truth that there's a lot of people that do a lot of really bad, bad, bad job at branding their business and marketing their business. So if they can learn and take it back, that's kind of where I brought you in and here's where we're at. Yeah. So anyone listening to this, you know, this probably this, you know, bringing Kyle on here probably sounds a little bit off from what I typically do because most people know I'm, I'm not honestly all that interested in like the competitive side of CrossFit or fitness in general. Like, you know, when people like, you know, I'll joke around like, Stu, you go into the games and they're saying it facetiously because they know there's not a fucking chance in hell I'd ever go. But here's, here's one thing I do with the games. I love watching the teens and the old people, the master's divisions, because that just blows me away. The, and the reason I'm so disenchanted with fitness is because what CrossFit's done for people's fitness. Like if you tell me there's some 28-year-old fucking rich phoning lookalike kind of kid that can do a backflip and fly through the air and, you know, muscle up onto the wings of an, e an eagle and fucking fly around the world, I'd believe you. I'm like, of course he could. Like, but when I see the kids and the teens and the old people do it, that's the thing that normally gets me. So when, I, when people have heard me, I started pitching this thing like, hey, if you have a CrossFit competition – I'll come speak at it. And you even got to me, I think, even before I started really plugging this whole thing that I wanted to go around and do speaking events in 2020. And I think CrossFit competitions are the best venue to also add an additional service like a business seminar by bringing a, a, an SME, a subject matter expert to it. But people were asking me to like, what, you know, it's weird, man. I didn't think you were really into the whole CrossFit competition thing. I'm like, I'm not. But guess where there's a cohort of owners who are actively there and they're generally there in a support mechanism for their staff or their clients. They're there doing like the, what the manifestation is of owning this business is actually giving a fuck about people making a change in their life so far, like so much so that they put down their harder money, they give up an entire weekend and they do a, a competition. Just like anyone who runs around the neighborhood might eventually sign up like for a 5k. So in that fashion, I am all for the competitive nature of this thing that, you know, this CrossFit sport of fitness kind of thing. 
But when you reached out to me and I, you know, I was putting on, I, was, I just finished wrapping up the self-made summit. And that's the first event I've ever done. And, you know, I had an event, you know, my Isaac uh, was my GM. She was my event uh, planner on the whole thing. But still, there was a lot of work. I have so much respect now for what it fucking takes to put on an event. And, I'm, and my event was fucking cake compared to like a multi-heat, multi-division, multi, like all the shit that you're putting on. And then I did some research because, I, you know, I don't just say yes to anything. And the one thing I liked on yours is it felt exclusive. It felt like you actually had to work. Like I saw your tagline, the open matters. And in my head, I'm like, the open doesn't, I'm telling gym owners all the time, the open doesn't fucking matter. Get back to work, asshole. Don't waste five weeks of the goddamn year focusing on setting up lanes and buying 50 pound dumbbells, you goddamn stupid mother. Like that's typically, and then I'm looking at your tagline. I'm like, well, why the fuck does it matter? So it intrigued me, which all good branding and marketing does. It creates a thought process of, huh, that's interesting. I want to learn more. And then I saw how you had tied everything together with the open. And I thought that was truly a really unique way, a special way of doing it. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm totally going to take this phone call. I totally think this might be a cool thing to do. There's at least some unique thought there. Talk to me a little bit about why you decided to tie it to the performance in the open and, and kind of like, you know, the invite only like this whole kind of way you've gone about it. Yeah, it's, it's a great point you make. And, and, and just like you, I, I would say I'm a little disenchanted with the CrossFit model. I don't think it has sustainability long-term. Like, don't tell anybody I just said that, <laughs> but I, I don't see sustainability there. But, and the first place where I don't see sustainability is what the idea, what we're talking about now is with the CrossFit Open. You know, they changed a lot of things two years ago. They got rid of regionals. And and to be honest with you, that, that, that irritated a lot of people because most, if you talk to most CrossFitters in the back of their mind, they're like, oh yeah, I can get to regionals. When in, they don't have a shot, but in the back of their mind, because it was something you could technically qualify, they thought they could. All right. So that gets, that gets taken away. So that takes a lot of the, the reason for people doing the open. Like for me, I'm not ever going to make it to regionals, but in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I could do this. And there's hundreds and thousands of people just like that. So that gets taken away. And, there's, and fun in, there's fun in practice. Like, again, a lot of people play golf and golf is very expensive, very exclusive, and you're never going to be great at it. But people go and do that in the, like, I mean, in the hundreds of millions of like of people every weekend go and play a sport and they spend time and energy during the week with, you know, instructors and at the driving range and on the best Callaway clubs and fucking this and that. This is kind of very similarly the same thing. I think what you and me have become disenchanted with is like the avatar of let's call him, I don't know, Brad, where Brad is fucking like, he literally like, he's, he's that kid who thinks he's going to be the next Rich Froning or he's going to stand on a podium in Madison because he works out three times a day and he follows fucking Ben Bergeron on Instagram, right? And you're like, Brad, listen, it's not happening for you. It's not happening for Chad. You know, it's not happening for, it's, it's not, just you would just treat it more like a recreational pastime and less like you are like you're the top dog on the playground of this one CrossFit affiliate. We probably all wouldn't think you were such a giant pile of douche. I think that's yeah. more or less like that one avatar. Cause there are so many people that are like, no, I do CrossFit. I know I'm never going to be great, but I'll be honest, like signing up for something every quarter keeps me motivated to go to the gym. And if that's what keeps someone motivated to keep doing fitness, great. I think yeah. we just also just see the douchebaggery that comes with the overly competitive. I think I'm really good when I'm not because I have a gym of 160 kids and I'm on the leaderboard most of the time. 
Like, I think it's that avatar. Yeah. What would you say to that? No, you're exactly right. That I think there is this, and, and this is the issue with CrossFit and, and where they, they, they created their issue was that they created this avatar of this, this unachievable type of place where people want to be at, but in reality, it's not achievable. And most of the marketing, what they did for years was their, their top athletes. And, and this is what you view CrossFit as. And this is, and that was their downfall because yeah. unfortunately Sally on the streets, she looks at it and she sees ripped up women with abs and, and humongous quads. And she's like, well, I can't do that. Sure. And now no CrossFit gym owner is going to be able to get Sally in her gym because she, she thinks that it's for ripped up 24 year olds. And listen to, I mean, here's such a, this is such a good bit. And I, everyone listening, this is the quality of conversation. I think you're going to hear. Let's, let's listen to the paradox you and me just described. We would say a lot of CrossFit gym owners, if they said their number one issue, I can't get enough clients. Right. And they would say CrossFit is putting the games athletes out there and it makes Sally, like you just mentioned, look at the quads and the barbell strength and say, I can't do that. And I'm a gym owner and that's why I can't get enough people through the door. And then you and me on the other side are also sitting here saying like, there is this client that they already have that is overly competitive, that has confused the reason they walked into the gym the first time. They, they didn't walk in on day one saying, I want to snatch 315 and be able to do 30 unbroken muscle ups. They walked in there and said, hey, I was doing fitness or, and I want to do new fitness or I wasn't doing any fitness. I'd like to start with some fitness. I heard this is cool. And, and somewhere along the lines, it got bastardized because CrossFit is a dual branded entity. It is the, it's a sport of the fittest in the world and simultaneously a fitness program for old women and water jugs. Like it's in, in everything in between. And when you try to be everything on the spectrum, you become nothing or you become the, the, the fittest to some people, the water jug grandmas to other people, and that creates a very confused message. And then you have Mr. CrossFit affiliate owner sitting there like, well, fuck, I, yeah, I've got some of the grandmas with the water jugs, and I've got some of those elite douchebags, and I've got a bunch of people in the middle, and fuck, how am I supposed to, like, which one do I want? Because I kind of like them all to a degree, but it just creates a fucking clusterfuck of mm -hmm. avatars that you're going after. And I think that's the biggest thing with CrossFit. Have you seen any of the CrossFit gym websites that you go on? It says like, you know, like CrossFit, you know, whatever at the top. And underneath it says, brand new to CrossFit, never done it, no worries, click here. And then to the right, it says, experienced CrossFitter, ser wanting serious training, click here. Fuck face, you just named everybody. Like that's everyone on the spectrum now. Like that's every, and then, so it just becomes very difficult in my opinion um, and that's, you know, that's what I blame. Like when I say CrossFit hasn't done a good job, I think CrossFit, we can't blame HQ. They never came out and said, this is how to do it. They just gave like, here, go run with it and make it your own. They just left the ingredients on the kitchen table. And we all went into the kitchen and made our own fucking pies. And a lot of them just came out like dog shit, just really yeah. bad pies. Yeah, no, you're right on it, it. It's, it's a complicated situation for sure. But I think, you know, with, you know, with every situation, there's always uh, opportunity. And that kind of gets back to the competition where yeah. there was this, there's this within athletes that they don't really feel like there's any reason to do the open anymore. So this gets back to the open matters tagline. So I wanted to create a tagline that put that thought back into their head. Well, hey, man, the open does matter. There is a reason for you to do it because you can qualify for something where, you know, only the one half percent will qualify from the open. But now you have something to work towards. And, and it, it worked beautifully, if I might say, 
Um, you know, just the online leaderboard where we had it custom coded on our website for the, the region, you might call it. It had over 15,000 views during that five week period. And for just a small little pocket, that's pretty extraordinary. Sure. Absolutely. Those are great numbers. Yeah. So, you know, you know, just try to play off the reason behind it to end this conversation. The reason behind it was just, to, um, just there's an issue. How can I create a problem for that issue? And that's where this event essentially came from in the, in the branding behind it. So with it, you know, and I think too, the thing I do like about um, CrossFit going away from the regionals and all that, and I know it upset a lot of people, but I do think it allows a lot of people like yourself who are entrepreneurs in these certain aspects like event planning, you know, you've got all these, what are they called? The sanctionals now, right? All these different events that are being put on as from independent organizations all over the place. And then you're going to have kind of like the farm league of those, which are things like yours, right? Like, so I have a, I've one of my, he's one of my branding and marketing coaches. His name is Joe Tabaldi. He, uh, I've got a segment with him on the podcast. We do once a month called jam with Joe. And Joe actually created the SAGL. That was meant to be the Southern Amateur Grid League, right? Which was like fucking essentially a farm league. For remember the MPGL? Do you remember Grid when that kind of hit the scene? I think I have a vague memory of it. Okay. Yeah. So with that whole thing, he kind of created this farm league kind of scenario. And it, it essentially was great. It fed this other one. I see events like yours. While it creates an outlet for some of those people who might not realize they're never going anywhere beyond this event this one weekend and just there to have fun and celebrate their fitness, I think it can because I don't want to ever crush anyone's dreams. I never want to be the guy to tell someone they can't do something. Right? Like That's the one thing. Like Anyone who knows me, never tell me I can't do it. Tell me you don't want me to do it. And you're way more likely to fucking get their favorable response. Because if you tell me I can't do it, my brain instantly goes to hold my beer watch this motherfucker you're about to eat your goddamn words and and so like i never like this idea of being like oh fucking brad and chad you can't go to the fucking games because if it were me i would flip my shit in, internally and be like i'm literally going to dedicate the next several years of my life just so i can fucking send this guy a fucking postcard from madison with me at the fucking games and tell him to eat my dick like that is what would go through my head so I never want to, I don't want to like position myself that like you can't do this, but I think events like yours now create a very professional, better than like these backyard throw down. You've seen those, like how many of these really, and I, I don't want to shit on anyone's stuff, but like, I, I'm going to use this one. I'm going to name drop it, but like the, not fe, there's a, the festivist style inside of an affiliate gym where it's just like, it's very loosely ran. Like they do a great job with the marketing. I think Festivus is like, it's the one that's for all the rest of us kind of scenario where it's meant for like beginners to CrossFit, which by the way, having beginners to CrossFit do a competition is just something that just like in my head makes my fuck, it gives me a brain aneurysm. Um, but like I do, I think your thing could be looked at as years go on. If it continues to grow and you do it well and do it better and better each year, that becomes like a precursor. Like someone who does well here has historically done well in sanctionals or in the open and so on and so forth. Yeah. I think there is uh, a couple of things that kind of differentiate it from some other events uh, that we're looking to do. One, uh, we're giving away athlete kits. So um, every athlete that qualifies receives custom gear, which I think is always one of the best marketing tools that the CrossFit 100%. Games does. Everyone wants shit with their name on it. They want to feel like they're putting on the pinstripes at Yankee Stadium. Like that's, yeah. that's a legit thing. Yeah. So 
we only gave it, we're only giving it away to the qualified athletes. So it's something unique that they'll come back with that branding and they'll wear it around their gym, all proud and whatnot. The Kings me, athletes you know, wear their shit. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, we're giving them, they also at the games, you get those little lane cards that they hang up in the gym. So we're giving them that as well. And those are some things that on the front end, they, they cost a little bit of money, but it's going to, it's going to carry you for years down the road that, Hey, that's free branding and marketing that you're just, going to get from those people. So I think there is some longevity to it. Um, You know, where it goes and how it develops. I don't know, to be honest with you, like I literally just woke up one day, decided to do it. So we'll see what happens next year. Yeah. But uh, we'll see, you know, there's definitely opportunity. From the, from a business standpoint, you know, we put, when we put the other self-made summit, the last thing I've ever wanted to do was host events. Like we would host it in my gym, CrossFit level ones and level twos and some specialty things. Um, for CrossFit HQ. And I didn't mind that because I just pretty much rented the space to him. I didn't really have to do too I didn't have to do a lot. Putting on your own event though, it takes a lot of moving parts. I was very fortunate. My GM, she came from a corporate event planning background. So I mean, I had an ace in the hole. I paid her well to, to make sure the self-made summit went off without a hitch and she fucking killed it. Had that been left up to me, the entire thing would have been a shit show. I would have just, it would have been horrible. I'm not very good at those kind of logistics. Are you, or have you just surrounded yourself like I did with other people who are better at that? Like, where's your role in this business of the fittest of the coast? Are you more the executor or are you like the, the coordinator up in the box calling the plays and then handing them down to people who are better at executing on getting the chairs and making sure this is there and what weekend, look in the almanac and make sure the weather is fucking perfect and all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm doing it all. Um, I'm not, I'm, that's probably one of my weaknesses is that I, I like take too much, but because it's just the first year event and, and, and it's gone better than I could have ever imagined. It is just me. My wife is helping out. She's helping out more at the seminar, making sure there's food and drinks there and stuff like that. But, um, I've been very blessed with a lot of different opportunities in my career that have prepared me for this. Um, my previous job we put on, I worked in the golf industry and we put on events for 3000 golfers helping with other CrossFit events that have kind of prepared me. So I've been fortunate that in my career, I have a lot of the experience needed for something like this, where I'm not just coming off the street just because I want to do it. That is, um, as you were saying that, it instantly took flash me back to when I started the gym. And like most people who are listening to this, when we start the gym, we do all the jobs. We wear all the hats. And then as we get more experience, we start really figuring out which roles we kind of gravitate to. Because in the beginning, any business owner, whether you're putting on events or opening a brick and mortar fitness facility, you don't really know what, I mean, you're like, I love coaching. Or you're like, I love the idea of creating something unique in the market, right? But I don't really know what it is I'm going to excel at. And then as time goes on, you start figuring, oh man, I really enjoy the sales process. I hate posting the social media or whatever, whatever, you know, you might love going and schmoozing and making the phone calls to all the gym owners and organizing and talking to guys like me and, and getting all those pieces. And you might dislike the, the nuances of having to call the chair rental companies and making sure you have enough fucking canopies and booths and fucking tables. And your wife might do better at that. It's really interesting, I think, as a business grows and we start, you know, uh, we wear all the hats and they're just on our head and we're just kind of doing them. But then after a while, we start taking hats off. We look at them and we're like, okay, I like this one. I kind of want to keep it. Like a lot of gym owners keep programming. That's like one of the last hats a lot of, a lot of gym owners want to maybe give up. Um, a lot of them might keep coaching for a while or whatever it may be. I'd be curious. And so, you know, I know this is your first year doing this one event, but are you already getting an inkling? Because obviously you're a digital marketer. 
by trade. That's your thing, right? Mm-hmm. Are you already getting an inkling that next year, barring, you know, you know, or assuming this thing has a great success, which I believe it will, what roles, like what would be your first like hire for next year? Would you keep it super lean to keep your margins high? Yeah, you know, definitely you want to keep it lean. That way you're making as much profit as possible. But I think, you know, for me personally, we all have our gifts and talents. I am better at marketing. That's that's what I do. And, and I have the most experience that. I think it, it shows in the initial success of the event. But, you know, where I struggle with is uh, the relationships you might need to have with people, like you said, calling up people. So eventually, I think that's for something we'd like to get to, because I understand that's not necessarily my strength. But just like you said, it's kind of where I need to be at right now. But as we continue to grow to bring on a partner, that would be something that we would want to do. And and actually, we in our first conversation, we kind of talked about this, about, you know, how can you take what you do? and maybe create a model for people to follow, you know, in the event, uh, CrossFit event planning. And one idea I've had since that, and you kind of sparked it in me, is creating almost like a mini franchising model where you basically show, hey, here's the concept, here's what you do, provide them with all the information, and then sell it to a gym owner in, in, in North Carolina or Georgia to go do that. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm thinking next. Kyle's referencing on the first podcast that I fucked up on. We got it. We kind of got deep into this and we touched on it again. Um, you know, this idea of experience is sellable. So I have a lot of gym owners um, that I, I have reached out to me and go, Hey, I like the way you talk. I've listened to your content. I know you bought a building. I'm about to embark on that journey. I've got, I've gone this far in the process what would it cost for you to consult me on it? And when you're talking about things where like buying a building, where maybe someone's going to spend a million dollars on a building, me saying, sure, we'll go ahead and consult on that. And it's 15 grand. It doesn't seem like that much. Like it's like, it's a, you know, whatever, like you putting on an event, be like, Hey, listen, this event could go ahead and net you $30,000. Or if you fuck all this up, you'll make eight. So my fee for consulting you on this can be blank. Like you start, like when you get into big ticket items and you have experience, And at the least, you documented the experience. You were in a very unique position. Anyone listening to this that has done something like what you're doing, like you're putting on an event, you're going to have a blueprint. If you document your journey, you journal the entire day, like, man, I wish I would have done this different. You could manifest that into an amazing piece of content that is later, once you put enough of it out there for free, people will associate you with being an authority on doing that thing. And then they contact you and your experience is now 100% able to be monetized, 100% being able to be monetized. That's all a business consultant does. They monetize their experience. That's it. That's it. And you, I mean, again, you, everyone's had experience. Not everyone's going to pay you for it because you have to make sure that you have content that's entertaining and educational and people relate to you and they want your version. But fuck, man, I, I think what you're doing, I think 100%, if you keep a blueprint of it, you're going to be to go ahead and, and create some kind of playbook for people and work with gyms who want to put it on, who want to put on an event. But here's the thing that nobody talks about. And I've got a whole piece on this. I have a piece on the event that urban move or that, uh, what the fuck Jim talked did with the self-made summit, how much money we made, how much we spent all that good shit. And I've got an entire content piece on it. I'm going to talk about the money that was made because I don't like people think like how many, when was the last time you saw a piece of content where someone's like, I put on this competition. We made $38,000 profit after expenses. And they been like, I haven't seen that. I think people yeah, see actually, events and they assume mm-hmm. that they're profitable. And you know, very well, a lot of them are not. 
Yeah, I think that's fascinating, actually, because a lot of people don't actually know the expenses that go into putting on an event. Now, it's different for like an, an, my event versus yours. Sure, yeah. But yeah. I think it's, I've thought about that. But that's a very interesting thing that you're going to do and put out. That's a great piece of content. Are you yeah. going to basically, are you going to basically break it down line item by line item? Yeah, literally. No one is going to like, oh, it's just going to be me. <laughs> this is the part of my podcast I love where I just pretend like the audience doesn't exist. So this is where I'm doing a screen share with, uh, with Kyle right now. None of you guys are going to see this. So this was my cash flow numbers right here, dude. All right here. This is what we made in profit afterwards. So I projected I was going to make 37,000. We ended up making 40 in profit. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I see the sponsorship line item right there. You could have a podcast. Bro, you can have a podcast on sponsorship right along how you go about talking to people, the yeah. way in which you pitch them. I think that's a fascinating subject as well. So anyone listening to us right now, we'll do our best to break this down for you. But like, you know, from the, from the business of putting on an event, he's looking at a line item I have on here with my revenue. I went and got seven sponsors at $3,000 a piece. Uh, technically, there were nine. Two of them were comped. One of them was Micro Jim University. Another one was Flex. Um, and... But here's what I did. All of these guys right here, you'll see this list right here. Every single one of these guys were all guests that came on, that I asked on my podcast years prior that I created relationships with years prior that I maintained those relationships with, that I would answer their questions whenever they would call, that I would refer people to them. And literally, I made these seven phone calls. I had this $21,000 in my bank account within 14 days. Yeah. Like, and, and, and that 21 grand, literally, if, we, if you guys, like, we look at the total expenses, covered the entire expenses of the summit. To, to be honest with you, sponsorships are what is going to make or break your event. And, the relationship, and, and I'll tell you what, the relationship you have with your sponsors from the beginning to the end of the process, because once you get the check, it, it doesn't end. Like, you still have to maintain that relationship. I didn't even like the word sponsor. So what I did is when I wrote up our contract, right? And my lawyer, I, I took, I wrote up language that I wanted in Stu language and my lawyer put it in legalese. But essentially what I did is I said, I, I don't want you to be a sponsor. I want you to be partners. And I did something unique that I stole from the Iron and Mortar Summit, which I'm sure they stole from somebody else. I made the sponsors a part of the thing. So each sponsor, which I call the partner, gave a 10 minute keynote. They were a speaker. They weren't just sitting there with a fucking booth like, oh, come get my flyer and my brochure and my protein sample. They got to actually get up and have the entire attention and give a 10-minute presentation. 10 minutes is a long time to speak if you're not used to public speaking. And that was a great way. And they didn't just sit at their booths. They sat at tables with the attendees. They were amongst the attendees the entire time. It wasn't like generally these things, there's speakers, attendees, and sponsors. No, there were participants and partners all in mixed in one and then the speakers. And that's how I really liked it. And it was really, it was really great. And just like you, I wanted to create one little thing different with the self-made summit that was, because again, it's just like I talk about retention for a micro gym, the retention of your clients is not the go-to. It's the retention of your employees. Just like an event, my satisfaction, I wanted the satisfaction of the sponsors to be higher than the satisfaction of the attendees. The attendees yeah. are going to fucking be blown away. They were getting hit with great knowledge bombs. All that. Making the attendees experience great is easy, just like for you. You making the, the participants, the athletes day is going to be great because they're all going to have an endorphin high. They're all going to hit a PR. They're going to be with their friends. They're going to be fucking gorgeous Charleston. It's going to be a blast. 
But you know what's really hard? Is making the partners or the sponsors their experience awesome. And I don't know, but let's say you loaded up 10 sponsors and you think about, man, that was hard getting 10. What if I didn't have to worry about that next year? What if out of the 10, eight of them sign back up next year? Like, but I have to retain those sponsors. That is the name of the game when it comes to event planning. It's not about the retention of the participants because when the event is good enough and a competition comes with enough good shit, short of you guys shitting the bed and the rig falling over and fucking it being the fucking Charleston massacre of 2020 and killing everybody, you're gonna, the participants are gonna have a great fucking day. Just like me, like me getting these guys up there, even if their keynotes weren't great, People were going to walk away from the weekend learning more and having such an amazing knowledge-filled weekend. But it's those sponsors that, like God, I just hope people realize why making them, making sure their client experience is so much better. I even called every single one of them afterwards. I called mm -hmm. all of them. And I hope any of you guys listening will fucking validate this in the comments on the podcast. I called all of them and I said, listen, I'm glad you came. I got your survey because they sent them all surveys and you all give me really great reviews and I appreciate that, but it's not good enough for me. I couldn't sleep last night because I kept thinking, I don't, I know the participants great, loved it, but I want you to fucking love it. So I'm going to do an entire vlog dedicated to each one of you guys. And I'm going to do a really unique video edit. I'm going to like put a ton of effort into literally doing one on each one of you guys that came and not just pitching your shit. It's not like a commercial. It's actually going to be an involved, really well done vlog like I typically do. And I'm not going to charge you for it like I normally I normally charge companies who want to be sponsored on my fucking blog. I'm just going to do it because I'm so fucking stoked you took a chance on me at this event. Thank you so much. Let's talk about what I'm going to do. And that was it. Yeah. I love everything about that. And just like you, I use the word partner as well in my verbiage. And honestly, we could sit here and talk for an hour just on just on this topic. I, I love this topic because you're getting into how do people think, how can you provide value, how can they provide value, how can you create a mutually beneficial relationship. I just love that stuff. So I love the insight you said. I just took a mental check note to call everybody after the event. Yeah. It's, it's huge, man. It, you know, and to, to, to move on to everyone, you know, people who are listening and stuff like that, because I do want to get back to a little bit about like the business, like what we're going to be doing together, you and me, and what the fuck and what, you know, um, being present there. So uh, my goal in, in this whole thing in wanting to do public speaking is because I, if anyone's been to any of my stuff, like I've put on something up here, Sean Pastuch, you've seen me at the Iron and Mortar, the three to one go summer, anything like that. Like I, I don't even like think of it as like giving a presentation. I want to put on a fucking show. Like I, I want you captivated the entire time, not because I'm being funny and swearing up at stage and all that kind of stuff, but because honestly, I want to hit you with the stuff that maybe the other guys don't say. So instead of, hey guys, let's all have our best day and pursue greatness and the pursuit of excellence, like that's all great. I want to go ahead and pull up fucking an Instagram page from a local gym. This is dog shit. This is why it's dog shit. This is how all of you can fix your own dog shit Instagram pages and make them a thousand times better right fucking now. Get out your goddamn laptops. Like I want people to like be like, holy shit, I feel like he put me to work. It's the difference between watching a group class, like the no sweat intro, watching the workout and maybe like, oh, that looks like it'd be fun. I'm going to have you in the fucking, like my, my presentations, I want to bring people in. I want them to actually see examples of something that looks like something they're doing wrong and then give them tactics of this is how you actually do it. Like literally step by step, this is what you're going to do to unfuck this thing. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think maybe it's a good segue where I talk about actually about what's happening when you come down to Charleston. You want me to, want me to talk about that? Yeah, dude, pitch it, pitch it. All right. So, you know, for those that are listening, we're going to bring Stu down to Charleston on Saturday night, March 8th. Uh, we've rented out Home Team Barbecue, which is one of the best barbecue joints in Charleston. Obviously, Charleston's known for their food. You're going to get a great meal. You're going to get to listen to Stu. You're going to have ample Q&A. You're also going to uh, get free drinks, free beer from our friends at uh, Island Coastal Lager. And, um, you know, normally, you know, what'd you charge for the self-made summit? It was 600. Okay. Yeah. So 600 bucks. We're charging 150 bucks for this. The idea, to be honest with you, is not to make money. We're just trying to create, provide value. So if you listen to Stu, you know, man, I'd love to meet him, love to, love to jam with him. 150 bucks for your first ticket. If you want a second ticket, it's another 50 bucks. So you can get two people there for 200 bucks, a great dinner, free drinks, and you know, a great speaking event. Uh, if you want more information, you want to go to www.fittestofthecoast.com. You'll see a big old button that says register for seminar and more info. Hit that. And then uh, we'll see you in Charleston. Yeah, man. And guys, anyone who's listening to this, if the price point alone is it's a, it's a no brainer on the price point, but here's the one thing you have tw- four quarters in one year to actually get a better business. It's not going to come from working harder. You all work hard. Like if I asked everyone, what are, do you work hard? You'd be like, yeah, I work hard. You don't work as smart as you could. And again, and that is where getting to sit down and have someone come up and talk and maybe shine some light in some areas of your business that you don't like to shine the light because that room is dirty and gross. And it's fucking embarrassing, right? I'm going to shine the light there. I'm going to talk to you about how to clean that shit up, how to unfuck it. And my goal is for you to walk away from there, not only motivated to go and do some shit, but I always, at the end of these things, I throw my phone number up. I literally give people my fucking cell number. I'm like, yo, you got a question? Holler at your boy. Like I'm, I'm as ex- I try to make myself the most accessible guy out there in this realm of giving business, you know, advice and all that to micro gyms. Um, guys, would love to see you come on down. I'm looking forward to just breaking some bread with you, having some drinks, and 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 talking shop. And I'll be around that entire weekend. I will. So like, it's uh, I, it's one of those things where if you want to get the isolated business version of me, you come to this event. You want to swing by while I'm watching the event or whatever like that and hang out. That's fine. But if you want to come down and actually grow the business, make the business better because you're going to work smarter, come on down to the business summit. I'm going to have the link in the show notes here. You guys are going to see a lot of this in an upcoming vlog. I'm going to be talking a lot about this event now that we got this podcast done. Um, yeah, Kyle, man, I'm real excited, dude. I, I'm so uh, I'm honored that you, uh, you asked me to be a part of this. Dude, man, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I've been following you now for a little while and I love the the, the, you just, the way you think, man, I love it. Like the one thing, like, like people are like, man, Stu's good at the marketing thing. Well, I think you're the way you do the operational capacity thing is brilliant too, man. So I'm, I'm pumped to have you down there pumped to have, um, some value for these gym owners and these gyms in our area. Awesome. Hell yeah, man. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to have Kyle's information again, included down there below. And hopefully we'll see you down in Charleston this spring. Peace out.